Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about housing affordability and, in particular, mobile home parks. Housing affordability is at the forefront of many community meetings. Three things stand in the way of affordable housing. Number one, the high cost of land. Number two, the high cost of construction. And number three, the cost of servicing the land with the infrastructure. Unless you can dramatically reduce the cost of these three items, the cost of housing is going to continue to be high, especially for those who are on fixed incomes or those who are lower on the income ladder. It doesn't matter who builds the house. It's not the fault of the builder. If the materials and the labor dictate the new construction cost around $130 per square foot in many areas across the United States or $180 to $200 a square foot in Canada, if the land contributes another $50 or more per buildable square foot of finished floor area, someone buying a 1,500 square foot house is going to need a minimum income of at least $36,000 a year in order to afford a really small house. If a household is close to that income level, housing affordability is going to be a challenge. Two people in a household earning minimum wage will roughly afford to live in a mobile home and not much else. 10 bucks an hour, you're looking at 18000 a year in income per person. Very hard to make ends meet on such a low income. Now, we're not talking about a teenager living at home, working, say, at McDonald's part-time for a bit of pocket change. When you have independent adults in minimum wage jobs, they quickly become the working poor. On today's show, we're taking a look at mobile home parks. And today, about 10% of U.S. households live in mobile home parks. That represents about 20 million homes. Most of these parks started out as mom-and-pop-owned projects. Today, they're a corporate affair with big business and family offices actively investing in many of them. Mobile homes provide the largest inventory of unsubsidized affordable housing in the nation. Many began as RV parks in the 1960s and 70s, they're now old, with rundown water and electric systems and trailers that have been long past mobile for decades. As a park owner, a profit's in the lot rent, not the structures. And their prevalence varies widely by state. Some states like Colorado have a lot of them. More than 100,000 people live in more than 900 parks across the state of Colorado. These residents include many of Colorado's working poor and immigrants who might be undocumented. They've been mostly ignored for decades. If these parks started as RV parks and then were converted to mobile home parks, well, they would have had to go through some upgrades in infrastructure. The requirements for RVs and mobile homes are different. RVs consume either 30 amps or 50 amp electrical service, but the building code treats a mobile home the same as a detached home and requires 200 amp service. The reality is a mobile home will draw almost the same amount of electricity as an RV, the biggest demand coming from heating or air conditioning, Lights and kitchen appliances are insignificant consumers by comparison. But nevertheless, you're going to have to completely redesign the electrical system for a park in order to handle mobile homes if the park was not designed for it. The next major area that can be costly to upgrade for long term are water and sewer infrastructure. Most of these parks are outside the dense urban environment, and they rely on well water and septic systems rather than municipal services. Governments are generally not approving a lot of new parks and many of these older mom-and-pop operations have been poorly maintained. Some have high vacancy and below market rents as a result. Purchasing an older park can attract high repair costs. The plumbing infrastructure is usually done with PVC pipe, buried to shallow depths beneath the surface, and these pipes are vulnerable to frost damage. Due diligence on these parks often requires digging up the entire length of the plumbing and inspecting it. A pressure test might not be enough to determine the integrity of the system. 
Conventional wisdom is you don't want to be owning the mobile homes themselves. Some park owners end up owning abandoned mobile homes. These older homes often lack the structural integrity to be moved. It's less expensive to perform a modest renovation and rent them out as a low-cost turnkey rental rather than move them or demolish them. The cost of housing in a mobile home park is very low. You can buy a brand new mobile home, or as they're called today, manufactured home, for anywhere around $140,000 and up. You can buy used ones for much less, and I've seen them in the open market around $40,000. So why are these assets attractive to institutional investors? The largest cost of operating a park like this is the staff. If the park is small, let's say 50 units, there's not enough income to pay for the staff to operate it. These only work as owner-operated parks, but a large park with 200 units and up would be a good candidate for the institutional investor. Cap rates for a well-run large park can be easily 14 or 15 percent, provided they're purchased at a good price. The specialists in operating these parks have developed strong systems for owning and operating them. We are not large owners of parks. We only own one park ourselves right now, but it's something that we expect to grow in the coming years. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.